I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes they used to pull a kaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Will we keep it real? Will we keep it opinionated? Will we keep it what, Chris? 2017. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So, another little disclaimer, Lisa Bolakaja is out for the week, doing her little thing. Doing nothing, I'm sure. No, I'm kidding. She out surfing. You know what she out there doing. <laughs> she stopped you trying to get ready to go to, to Italy or where the hell shit, you know, hang out the fam. <laughs> yeah, we throwing you under the bus, girl. That's what you get. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, shout out to Lisa. So we got my man sitting with us today. You guys know him. Chris Derrick, writer, director from the writing directing team, the Derrick Brothers. What's up, Chris? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? Good. Yeah? Good. You awake Good. today? Yeah, or I didn't get my coffee. Were you no. at the club letting it rain on the girls last night? What you was doing? No, no, no. I was, uh, <laughs> I was watching this movie, this really interesting movie called Black. Huh. Um, it's a Belgian film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. set among black gangs and really um, and um, that's my type of shit right there. And uh, uh, Moroccan gangs in Belgium and Brussels. Really? It's a really, really interesting movie. Okay. Uh, the filmmakers, these two guys, I can't remember their name offhand, but they're now here. They're like doing like the Beverly Hills Cop remake, or yeah. they're do, like they're doing shit here. Like okay. the movie was the movie. Never, the movie didn't even come out over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't put it on Netflix. Or some shit no, or? no, no, no. Like um, Shane got me a copy of it, like okay. a European copy of it. Yeah. It's really, really well done. Really, really. Uh, I actually, I actually know why it wouldn't come out here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a couple rape scenes in it uh, that yeah, are like really, like really like. I mean, they're not like uh, off the chart, mm-hmm. but the way they're done is just like I don't know, you know, and they're kids, yeah. so it's like okay, well, hold on, right? You know? yeah. Um So, good movie though. Really, really <laughs> well told movie. Really mm. well told movie. Sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a date movie. It's a date movie for sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I mean, the guy. It's a, it's a really, it's you know, the, the black people are they're in these. It's interesting because it dives into like the immigrant story in mm-hmm. a way, and the two different immigrant cultures mm-hmm. are now in this culture in, in Europe where they don't, but they both don't fit in, right. and which is interesting because you, I thought it, it could have been like, okay, so you're the immigrant and you're the the the, the, the Belgian culture, the that's, and the sharks, yeah, that thing. <laughs> right. But two people who are out, two groups that are outside of it mm-hmm. have their own codes. That fit within what's going on from where they're from, right. and then there's still the oppression of the you know mm-hmm. of the of the that they're not in, they're not Flemish insiders. Right. This is, I thought it was an interesting movie. No, I love it. That's good. That's interesting. All right, cool. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. So you got my man sitting over the, sitting in with us again, Michael Tab. What's going down, Michael? Oh, everything. Everything. Producer going down. himself. <laughs> I am a writer and I'm always a writer and that's what I want to be. <laughs> and God bless everybody out there who feels the same way I do that mm-hmm. we get to do this for a living. It's just the most amazing thing in the world that we get to make up stuff and, and just have fun creating mm-hmm. out of nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the best. So we thought we thought today when we were talking about you were you were saying offline, um we were talking about the WGA. So let's talk a little bit about some of that stuff, because for those of you who don't know, Michael also has a, um, articles he does in the the Written by magazine for the Writers Guild. And um, you do any other blogs anywhere else? I anywhere? do it Script Magazine. Script, script, I'm sorry, Script Magazine. It's all right. Scriptmag.com. Um, <laughs> you know, what, people don't realize how much the Writers Guild Union does for us. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day when we were starting it, you know, writing credit on films used to be given to the producer's nephew or niece or something. And writers worked for the studio, and then they gave the credit to whomever they wanted. So when we created the union, we not only 
created a system for our own for receiving our own health care, but we mm-hmm. created a system where only the writers get to pick who gives us credit for the writing for the writing uh, credits in any film mm-hmm. or television show. So, uh, first of all, it protected our rights and our ability to be identified as the people who did that work. Because right. originally people just threw the names on there of, of people they knew or wanted or owed something to. Mm. And then after that, you know, we built in um, residual payments. So we had to give up copyright of our material, which is not the way it is in Japan. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know this. Uh, material is copyright, copywritten differently in different nations and what it means. So when we write a, a movie or a script and we sell it to a studio in America, mm-hmm. we give up our copyright in perpetuity. Uh, to the studio so they can do whatever they want Forever, with it and bitch. air it <laughs> and air it wherever they want however they want and right. then we gave that up so that they didn't have to come to us every time they wanted to air it and get a new agreement right. and then we could lock in a deal for how much we would get every time it airs and what kind of audience and what kind of residual we'd receive right. now that's changed a lot over the years how much we get and there's been arguments and then when we moved from cassette tapes and VHS to DVD we lost uh, a lot of money on how much we were supposed to make and we're still working on getting that back but the union has always been there to protect us and to look after us and they put together programs to help writers all the time and it's not just for members they have the Writers Guild Foundation mm-hmm. and the Writers Guild Foundation is constantly hosting events and um meetings and classes with people who are working in Hollywood at the present time. You get to go in and sit in the the Writers Guild of America library uh, and take classes basically and learn from the people who actually are making a living doing it. You can do that. And it's like, what, 20 bucks pop, 25 bucks a pop sometimes? Mm -hmm. That's it. Sometimes they do weekend classes. And then within the guild, there are people and avenues there working to try to help everybody keep their jobs and do what they do. Now, you can't get a job from a union because that's a labor law rule. But You can't even pitch on... No, you can't pitch on the WGA grounds. (laughs) But what they do do... uh, What they do do... (laughs) What they do is they have, like, um, diversity committees. So there are all different kinds of committees Mm -hmm. uh, that do things from... um, uh, uh, the gay and lesbian community has mm-hmm. has their own group. Obviously, the African American community has one. The uh, American Indian, the Native American has mm-hmm. one, and uh, Asian Americans have their committee. Then there's the Writers Education Committee, and mm-hmm. they're always what's the older group called? What are they called? Uh, career longevity. Career longevity. So if you're over 50 uh, and still trying to make it as a writer, they host events and uh, readings so that. Uh, that community can stay involved and be looking at how to get hired mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in an industry that is, in, that is ageist. Right. Um, there have been lawsuits and they've been won oh, because yeah. the industry is. It's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're attractive and you're young, you stand a better chance. But I don't know if that's different from anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. or, or any other business. But it's exceptionally clear in Hollywood where a lot sure. is about appearance. Sure. Um, and then the, uh, the last couple of years in the new members committee, uh, I, I helped put together the mentor program, mm-hmm. which is my baby. It means the world to me. Um, How does that work? Anybody who is a member within the first two years of their membership to the Writers Guild of America mm-hmm. uh, can sign up to receive a mentor from the Writers Guild of America where I, for the first year, I went out and talked to uh, all my big-name screenwriter buddies to come and take five young writers under their wing because it's a very difficult business and everything is about relationships and you don't want to screw up the writer's room and you don't want to screw up your relationships with the people you're working with. So sometimes you need to talk to somebody who's been there outside of the situation Mm -hmm. to get advice on how to handle it. You're like, is this normal? <laughs> is, is this how this is normally done? Does, right. Wait, is, is, this, is this okay? And wh- is this a good response? And talk to somebody who actually knows has been there and right. survived. So we have mentors who are at least five, year, five years vested um, and have uh, usually up to ten, more like 10 years into the WGA so that they've been able to make a career and sustain it right. in the industry. And so uh, they take up to five people five new members and you get a mentor in the field that you wish to study, whether it's film or television or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, so do, and you have do, do the new writers have to, s- to submit for that program? Yeah. All you have to do is ask. 
All you have to do is ask. They have a new members brunch like once every quarter, and they talk about that, and they talk about, and they give everybody. uh, It's only in the last couple of years since we rebranded the new. um, I was part of the rebranding of the new members committee, Mm -hmm. and now they give certificates when you join the union. Mm -hmm. It's like a like a a graduate graduate diploma. They give you they give you a diploma that you're now a member of the Writers Guild of America, and they give it to you framed to take home and put on your wall. Yeah. And then they do a panel talking about the new health care and what the health care is and what you get it and how you do it. And, and of course, the mentor program. And like the first year, people like Aaron Sorkin and uh, um, Eric Roth and Mark Guggenheim. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, these are all guys that I talked to who came in and, and, and agreed to mentor young writers. Uh, Catherine Fouget. Uh, she's great. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She served on the board for so many years. Uh, Billy Ray did it. Uh, David, that's your boy. Really? I know. That's he's, right. He's he's uh, see. Essentially, you say that about the mentoring and 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 mistakes and what's happening and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like you know, like right. It's so crazy. Like a year after I got in, or it was about a year, a little more than a year, was when we had the two thousand eight strike. Right. And it just was like such a really weird time and a really weird moment. Mm-hmm. And then like two years after that, so this this new mentoring thing event like that, like that's not, I think that was around, but like no, not yet. But it, it was only it, in the last. It was only the last four, four years. years. Okay. So, but the thing that I love the most about the guild is meeting other writers. Like you were saying before, like the the support that you got to give other writers. You meet people. And you just have to be uh, confident enough to ask for help. And, you know, I mean, I'm going to, you know, like Billy Ray and Chris Kaiser have been so great to me Mm -hmm. when I just need help on things. I'm not asking them for a job. I'm not asking them for anything crazy. But something happens and you're like, I don't know how to handle this. Right. Or I have something that could be happening. It's like, what's the best approach mm-hmm. on this? I'll do that with Perry and Barclay. You just, you just, I got a question. Yeah. But those are guys who mm-hmm. I would not meet through socially right. Right. on, on Only any level. Right. Only through WGA. Right. And they're so cool. And because you know, the, you're there, oh, they know you earned, earned it. it. So yes. they respect yeah. you a yes. little bit. Yes. Yes. Remember, like Roberto Orsi helped me oh, write my first Roberto, arbitration yeah. statement. Really? Yeah, when I had my first arbitration for a credit on something, mm-hmm. I was like, I have no idea how to do this. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Roberto Orsi, who, who's done like the Transformer movies <laughs> and, 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 the, and the Lost and, and Hawaii Five-0 mm-hmm. and... Cowboys and Aliens and Star <laughs> Trek. I mean, all sorts of shit. Yeah. And uh, he he was amazing. He actually said, here's what I would do. And he actually wrote a whole arbitration letter for me just to show me how he would do it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you mind doing a little side thing on what happens when you have to go to arbitration? I don't mind talking about it. We can talk about That's it That's why right we're now. called the rant room. We just right. Let's place, talk so. about it. I'm curious about that. Well, arbitration, just so everybody understands... The reason why the WGA fought, we talked about the WGA fought so that writers make the decision on who gets writing credit. And when that happens, anybody who worked on the script, it's not until after the film is shot that it goes into arbitration. So they've shot the film, the script was locked, and they send the script into the WGA, Mm -hmm. and and the latest draft of all... of each script by each writer that contributed to the late, to the script. So there can be upwards of 20 different writers submitted for writing credit on a project, sometimes even more. Yeah. I remember when the Flintstones had 24 writers vying I for four that. slots. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then a committee of three people you don't know who they are mm-hmm. uh, read all Craig, the drafts Craig that are submitted. I talk about doing the arbitration for this all the time. It's an important thing, and it's a great thing to volunteer your time for. Mm-hmm. So then uh, when it comes time, you get the opportunity as one of the writers who had written a project mm-hmm. that is up for the credit is up. You get to choose what you submit from your drafts and what you want them to read. Mm-hmm. Usually it, it only – if your drafts – if you've done more than one draft and the drafts are exceptionally different, you may choose to do more than one. But personally – I just use the one most latest draft of the right. script, and if I was the first writer, I do the treatment as well to show mm-hmm. them that I ca- I created the right. um, the treatment for and the, the characters and, and the shit. characters yeah, and all right. that. Right. So those I only do two scripts, uh, two two documents: a treatment and the most latest draft. Okay, that makes sense. 
unless there was something in an earlier draft that they wound up bringing back at some point. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you, have you done any, have you been hired to do any rewrites or anything like that? Yes. Okay, because I've been doing a lot of them lately, and I heard Craig say this about four years ago on, his po- on, their, on their podcast, Script Notes. He said whenever he gets a rewrite, the first thing he and John do is they call the writer the first writer because the the town is so small mm-hmm. and John was saying that he learned a long time ago when he didn't do that and he ran into the person that he rewrote it was tension yeah. so he learns he just calls him hey just letting you know I'm taking over just want to keep you know what I mean so that so that you absolutely keep his, Dean his, Caruso taught right. me that when I was at UCLA okay he's he's one of the old great teachers at UCLA who passed away in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and he always told us when you get a writing job and you know the person who wrote before you call them and I he said he would always call them and offer to write the next draft with them oh wow interesting and he says they never said yes really yeah huh. um they said, no, you go right ahead huh. and, and say that you'd try to help. But, um, but nine times out of ten, they understand the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, but usually the first writer will get, uh, usually gets uh, some type of story credit. Right. And then uh, you're, fi- you're vying for only up to four people can get screenplay credit. Mm-hmm. The only, that's it, four. So no matter how many people work on it, mm-hmm. you're vying for four possible slots. Right. And that's it. So, um, and that determines the residual breakdown. That, yeah, if you don't get credit on the final film, if you, you're not voted to get credit, you do not get any of the residuals made by the movie. Only the people who get credit get paid after the film comes out. Right. And that's now, hardcore. Can I, can and I, all the credit bonuses, all credit bonuses in your contract right. when you sign the contract mm-hmm. are also tied to whether you get credit or not. Now, you probably can't go into any details of what happened with your particular thing, but can you give me reasons of why... Um, like in general, why you had to go into arbitrage? Like what yeah, well, kind of uh, happened on your project? I've, I've done a couple films for Universal, mm-hmm. and um, and usually by the end of it, the director comes in with a writing partner, right. and what they do obviously winds up in the movie. Right. So even if you wrote the first draft and the most significant draft, other people will be brought in. They will change enough that they were gonna. There's there's enough there. If they change the ending, they change the outcome of the movie. Right. So you're 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 fighting for credit, but you're not going to get whole credit a lot of the time. Um, how much? How what's the percentage that the rewrite needs to be before they are the sole writer? Okay, there are four categories okay. by which you are rated as having been the writer of the material. Right. Uh, I don't have those on me, okay. but there are four different categories, and it's like origi- original characterization, um, and like plotting, and they're, they're, they're four, and it's in they they give you uh, an arbitration manual right. when you're up for arbitration, and it, it lays out the foot. One is dialogue, mm-hmm. and another is. Um, uh, it's like structure one. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like structure, and you know, I could prove, and then. If they are, if the person who is after the first writer can prove that they provided over fifty percent of one of the four categories, they mm-hmm. have earned credit. Right. They've earned the right for credit. Okay. So you have to prove that you did over fifty one percent in every category yeah. in order to keep credit. But nine times I just, out of ten, I just went through it. That's yeah, yeah. Did, and yeah. nine times out of ten, the director and the director's writer will have rewritten every single line of dialogue. Hmm. So it's a hard battle to win. Right. But sometimes that happens. And if they don't change the meaning of the scenes, um, then you can turn around and say, well, actually, you can change all the words you want. But all the scenes are the same. The motives for the characters are the same. Mm-hmm. And nothing changed. Uh, really, nothing's right. changed. They just changed the words in which they were using to, to right. do it. And uh, you can prove it that way. And you're just trying to make sure that you show that you you contributed the majority of each of those four categories. Yeah. It's basically about this is what um, uh, my friend uh, Roberto Orsi did tell me. He goes, what you want to talk about is the DNA of the material. Okay. The, when you've written, written a script, there is a genetic DNA material at the core of the movie. Yeah. And if you created that, you created the story. They can't deny it. Right. So think about it in those terms. Okay. Yeah, it's very, it's a very. Because um, you guys been through some shit like that, right? Well, nothing with the. With, we've been through some shit, but nothing that's. I've <laughs> been, been through some shit. I would say that. <laughs> nothing was been in arbitration because nothing's been made on right, that right. level. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I always feel like. 
It's interesting you said that thing about the the, the Craig and John anecdote mm-hmm. about calling people up because mm-hmm. what happens is, I mean, my experience is I've had to do it twice this year. Already. Is that the people, uh, the people who are taking over, mm-hmm. and as well as the producers. I don't want to say they're shiving you, but sometimes they are, mm-hmm. you know, depending on who the company is and what they're doing, you know, like they're trying to rob you. And we, I mean, it, that's, it's been my experience. Right. They're trying to rob you from certain things that it's like, that's not, and what you're saying, it's the DNA of the material. Like you didn't come up with any of that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you, if you now have the speaking in French, right. that's not. That's no. a tweak. That's not writing. Yeah, yeah right. you know. So that's just tone. Tone is not one of the things that is one of the four categories. Tone is not one of them. So if they increase the amount of tone, mm-hmm. like it's science fiction, and they add more science fiction, right, right, that that actually doesn't count for anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Genre, genre execution and tone are not reason for change are not reason for writer credit. Okay, that's important. Yeah. It is important yeah. because that's really what most of the directors do because they're all just changing and amping up the, the visuals and they're not really changing the core of the drama because they know that what was approved, the script that got the green light is, is the, the story that right. preexisted before they were brought on. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that about how directors are bringing their they're bringing their guy. And they do, and they, they do. do. They yeah. always because do. They, yeah, you know, I, I know uh, whether it's their girlfriend, which has been my experience, their yeah. live-in girlfriend, uh, or or just their their writer buddy who mm-hmm. they've known for years, and mm-hmm. and then once they do that, you know, I I still have yet to meet a director before the the premiere of anything I've ever written. What? They and I'm a, I've been the first writer on the material. They never even meet with me. Wow. See, that to me, I think, is, is a shame because... I just would want to su- send my support to them and shake their hand yeah. and say, if you need anything, I'm yeah. here. That's all I would want right. to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the one thing I remember that Craig was... You know, Craig does that thing about... Uh, you come in... He's a lecturer about how to, to survive mm-hmm. the development process. Mm-hmm. He was saying a lot of it is if you come on... If you're lucky enough to be on... You know, like the writer on set... You know, like a lot of what you got to do is to support the director. Right. You know, don't support the actors. Don't support any of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Do what he wants or she wants mm-hmm. at that time because that's what they're maybe doing tomorrow. Right. So you got to do that shit. Right. Um, but it's I, I, I don't know. I, there is such a really contentious it, it, relationship all done between writers and directors mm-hmm. is – and it's not always vocalized, but you know it's there. I mean, there's all that battle about. But that's why we're so yeah. separated and insulated. You know, the a lot of times the writer is done before the director is brought in. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Because sure. it's like you know, there's that. I don't know if it's an initiative, but Billy Ray was telling me one time about he really doesn't like to, to even on the material that he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's directing to take the like a film by credit. You know. Because he's recognizing, yeah, I talk, Paris hates that too. He didn't like, you it know, he's recognizing yeah. there's so many yeah. other collaborators who yeah. are involved in this. I mean, right. in I, I don't know, it's an interesting kind of uh, debate, but uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the arbitration really helps people with the guild, and right. you and and you again, you got to have people like Roberto to call and right. to just say I need help, and that's another benefit of the mm-hmm. guild. Because if you because if you did it on your own. I mean, like a, a friend of mine, I was to do that. And I was like, no, 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 dude, you need to like talk with someone. Yeah. My entertainment attorney also helped with my most recent one, and he gave me advice. He so you, said, that's right, you had to do it more than once. Oh yes, I had. Wow. Yeah, and two different projects for Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, so the second time, I I I gleaned what I could from, and I didn't want to ask Roberto to do it more than once because mm-hmm. you know he did it to teach me, and right. he. Well, you, you know, he taught me how to fish so I could fish. Mm-hmm. And then I took it and then I shared it with my uh, attorney because he knows about making an right. argument, making right. a case. Right. Yeah. So if you have yeah. an entertainment attorney, sometimes they will get involved with that because they know that the percentage of the money they're going to make in the future on your deal is going to depend on how well you make your case right. for your writing credit. That's true. That's yeah. True. And he yeah. was incredibly helpful. Yeah. Incredibly yeah, that's true. They, well, I mean, they better be shit. You, I, you know, that's your job. What's, fucking, what's yeah? But it, and they don't take crazy amount. They take five percent. Five percent. That's it. What's what's the 
turnaround? Like, how long do these arbitrations last? Um, well, sometimes they rush you, and that's the hard part. They mm-hmm. want they when they send you the material, they say you're, they give you a heads up when something is going into arbitration, mm-hmm. and then you uh, when it's ready to go, they send you the, they send you the script, and they say basically we want we want it by Friday or the or after the weekend. So sometimes they only give you two or three days to to round up a statement. But then um, this last time I said, look, I didn't have time. I was working on another project, right. uh, and I had to get another script in. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, you got to do me a favor, and I need an extension. So the the, the arbitration committee did grant me an extra couple days okay. and offered it then to the other person who was on the other side of the argument right. the same amount of time. So, you know, but they want you to be able to do it within a week. So let, let, let's just back up. So you write a script. Let's just, just for the people who are more new. Absolutely. So you write a script. It gets into production. At what point did it happen that you knew that it was going to happen? Did you make the arbitration? Who does it? Yeah, what uh, triggered that? Yeah, what triggered it. That's what I'm the, the studio turns in a letter. If there's ever a director mm-hmm. who is going to claim partial writing credit, it is immediate and automatic arbitration uh, situation. So that's part of our guild stepping in helping us. Yes and and no. It is yes, it's helping us, but also in our arbitration statement, we can't tell the people who are judging right. that the person who's vying for our writing credit is the director. It's not allowed to be yeah. in our statement because they think it would make people biased because they're the director. They're, it's their job. They get to add things and it's the visual. That's part of the director's job, not the writer's job. Wow. And they know that the truth is is. And, uh, but unfortunately, we have a lot of Writers Guild members who are also directors right. because, hence, they're getting credit on these films. Correct. And so we're not even allowed to make the argument that what he did here is the director's job, not actually the writer's job. Right. And you can't make that argument. It's like so, the producer when they develop it with you. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. We don't give a producer credit for giving right. us notes on a script right. and changing how it's going to happen. And we know someone who who, who wanted that. Well, uh, a lot of a lot of people do in this industry. No, 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 no. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. see. Yes, I'm going to say. You know, a friend of mine. It's like you get the producer credit. I'll take the writer's credit. And if I help you with anything that has to do with more production, money than I yeah, am anyway. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like I'm not going to. If I help you put put something together, and I help, like I I. I bring people into projects that mm-hmm. really help the project. When I do that, I don't ask for a producer credit. Sometimes they offer it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't ask. So it's like, look, you don't take my you don't take my writing credit. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking your credit. Let's just right. work together right. and just let each other get credit for our specific jobs mm-hmm. and do what we need to do. But we can still be collaborative and work together and help affect each other's work without trying to take credit from them. Right. Yeah, you know, as a friend of mine, he just had a movie come out. And I'm not going to say his name. I can say the movie, but he told me that he had a big fight with the. He was the first writer. Mm-hmm. He's a big fight with the producers. Mm-hmm. Must have been three, four of the writers came on after him. Mm-hmm. Um, what triggered the, his arbitration was the producer put his name in the hat as one of the credited writers and they submitted this and the writers guild was like, okay, that's a possibility. But the original writer, we have the contract. Mm -hmm. He not even listed as one of the, you you can't, what what are you doing? He threw it in after. No, he didn't include him in the list is what he says. Oh, oh, the original writer didn't even put him on the list of submitted credits. Yeah. Yeah. So the submitted credits came in and the writers guild called my friend and said, Blah blah blah, and, he, and my friend was like, "So whose name was on it? This producer?" Yeah. They were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, wow. that was his thing because he was trying to like steal credit, right. you know, like you know he's not doing anything." Right. Um, so there's that too that could happen is mm-hmm. the director thing or the producers are submitting yeah. these letters and not putting the original writer in, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like like you you go through these drafts and like and, and the the names come off that title page because right. after you know, you know well, I can tell you that. I love everybody I've ever worked with, mm-hmm. but it's the people who don't work with you, who don't care. Right. That's where you run into trouble. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I like I don't. I'm I met the director of the first thing uh, I wrote only at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, only at the premiere, and then I haven't met him since, wow. you know. And this next one, I, I still haven't met the the one I did this year for Universal. I still haven't met the director of that, and and. The negotiation's been done. The, the the arbitration's finished. I got my credit. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, still haven't met him. Mm-hmm. I think there's problems in relationships when there's a lack of communication and people oh, right. aren't working exactly. together. I agree. Exactly. I mean, 
I'm sure that there are some writers, but I, I think the industry has changed and become so much more savvy than people give it credit for. That directors, I think a lot of people are still trying to insulate themselves separate from the writers right. because writers used to be more bossy. Mm-hmm. Writers used to be more demanding of their place in the industry and being the story smiths. Mm-hmm. And I think that there has been so much education for writers on what our contribution is and that we are serving uh, the vision of the film as a whole, which means serving the director mm-hmm. because the director is the, cre- is, is, is the overall visionary for the project that I honestly believe that rules should change now about how involved the writers are with the project. Um, but there's still a fear that you're going to get a meddlesome, troublesome writer who's going to get in the way and create issues. Right. And because of that, we're really separated a lot from and insulate. They are insulated from us, mm-hmm. from having any kind was, of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because the, the only way a producer changes something in a script, because also don't forget the greatest producer contribution. The producer wants a script to go a certain way, but the writer felt that look, this is what the story is. They don't. They wouldn't want the writer to talk to the director because the writer may be, the director may realize the writer's right, and that's yeah. not what the producer wants. The yeah. producer wants to make their movie. Nobody got into Hollywood to make your movie. Yeah. They all got into Hollywood because they want to make movies, <laughs> and they want to make their movies. Right. And you wrote something that they are now making their movie so they can remove you from it once they own it, and then get another writer who, who isn't set on telling a specific story and wield it into their movie. Correct. And so I think that that's the reason for the separation more than even the directors probably. Well, that's a very, very uh, smart point about that because you're right. Because you always hear about, you know, the writer can't come to the set, don't want him to come to the set, don't mm-hmm. want, you know. And, I mean, as much as you want to do your movie and you're happy your, that your movie's being made that you wrote, it's, it's no longer your movie. Correct. Copyrights long years anyway. Anyway, so we're going to snatch that. But, you're, but see, I mean, that's the thing that I think that, is also one of the things I feel like why writers get, get insulated is that everybody knows that what you created is now employing hundreds of people, Correct. and there's a and there's an odd sense of power in that mm-hmm. that yes, you can't that you could wield you know poorly, right? And um, you know, and, and and the producers like the script and they want it a certain way because they want to say something, but they don't know how to do that. Because if they did, they would have written a script that they wanted to do. Right. I mean, there are writer producers, obviously, but most of the time they're not. They know people, right. and you know, they get this sense of there's a whole there's another element they bring that is important um, to get the movie doing. But well, yeah, I just I just had an interesting conversation with my lawyer on Friday because <clears throat> we're you know you send them the contract and they go through and redline it or whatever. So God bless the lawyers. Uh, so we were talking for like an hour and a half. <laughs> I know we're just taking up hell of their time. But he's hella cool like that. And we're talking about what did I supply them with and what do where are we now, right, with with the contract. And I said to him, I said we've had this many conversations. One of the things they wanted from me was my I told him I had a visual deck. Now in my visual deck is the guy who I want to play in it, who I know, right? Um the star. Um the original songwriter who I know, and they're all confirmed, the director who I know, the cast director who I know. So all these things are in one document. So I sent them that, and he said, so how, how's it looking with them going with them? I said, we haven't had the full conversation, but I told them, here are the people I want. At least take a look at them, whether you sign them or not. At least bring them in and be like, let, let my director pitch to you his vision, you know what I mean, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, well, you're doing producership. I was like, well, that's what I did. <laughs> I'm the producer, you know. And he says, well, we need to put that in the contract. And I was like, well, I don't want to scare them by that whole I'm a producer too type of bullshit. Yeah, just like writers don't want to be told they're not get, they're, they're sharing their credit. The same thing right. goes for producers. Right. For every producer there is, there's a cut in how much they're going to make. Correct. But he was suggesting that we do it. And we, mm-hmm. we do it now at this level before we do this. We tell them what we want because I am giving them some ammunition if they go with any of the people that I go with. I Like you said, you brought some elements. That's right. You know what I mean? Go ahead. Well, I think, I mean, if you are going to go with the, you know, to ask for that additional credit, producing, whatever you're going to do, acting, whatever it is, got to ask for it early, early right. as possible because people get, because once the train starts going, 
people start getting territorial mm-hmm. and they don't want to hear about what you want this now. Because, mm-hmm. And I think if you ask for it early, you probably have a better chance of getting something because mm-hmm. they might not see what it is. But the minute you get a star on board or some shit like that, they're like, ah, oh, I can't. It, it's the game changes. Right. The money is just, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I feel like ask for stuff that you want. Know in the back of your mind mm-hmm. what you'll take. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. See, so like if you don't really want the producer stuff, but your attorney does, mm-hmm. and you ask for it, and they're like, "Well," and they're giving you, mm-hmm. and then you go, then you can say, "Hey, I'm not going to take that producer credit if you give me X." Right. You know, and that's something. And that, whereas if you're just the writer asking for X, might mean that you got to give something else that you really don't want to give right. up. You know, so. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Billy Ray had a great way of dealing with this, and he would he would tell people like when he attaches himself as a director, you would say, "Look, if me being a director on this thing at all hinders the production, you won't have to ask me to leave. I'll walk away from directing. Mm. If this gets made in a different way because you get a better director, or because somebody brings something to this material that allows this to get made, I will gladly walk away. Mm. But if I can help you get it made by being in this position." Mm-hmm. And calling in my favors, mm-hmm. then it's it behooves you to give it a shot because all you're going to get are the benefits and none of the drawbacks. Right. Yeah, mm. well yeah. said. Yeah. yeah, you can't top that right there. Because no. <laughs> thank cause, you, Billy Ray. Because <laughs> he wants the movie made. Right, that's right. That's right. all we want. You know, all and he understands want. your position. Yes, you know, having been a writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing about him that I think is so uh, like. How, he, he needs to be writing a book, right, <laughs> in right. my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I, I mean, that's the whole thing about making movies. I think, which is a little different than making television, um, is that the pieces that the, the pe- people get on board in a certain way at a certain mm-hmm. time and they leave. I think television. I mean, I have not done it, but I know people in it. It's like. It's a different thing, you know. Like you get involved with the producers, got a deal, and you got mm-hmm. material, and then you're kind of off to the races if it goes. You know, I mean, it's more formalized. Whereas right. the movie, there's so many different ways to to bring it to life, to kill it, and to bring it back again. You know, so that's right. you know, but it's just, I mean, and and being a producer, a lot of times the writer has to be doing producer things because he's championing the project that he right. wants or she wants. Without and and people can get you know dissuaded or they can get distracted and mm-hmm. it's like you to keep everyone on board you know if, if you want the movie done I mean because you yeah. want the movie done that's well, all you know, we want that's a, that's a difficult thing for me because I've produced like twenty six things and it's really difficult for me to not be in a producer situation at all and I'm willing to let things go but it just so happens this particular script is one of those passion projects. That's my issue. It's, it's not just one of those. Here's my horror movie that I wrote about seven people trapped somewhere. No, this is this is some real shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the one where we could be at the Golden Globes if we do this right. Look, you the, know the key mean? the key is always to take, always do as much as you can to make your film go. Right. That doesn't ever mean pushing other people because don't forget desperation will turn off everybody in this town. Right. So you can't ever appear desperate, which is why I, for one, always have three projects in the works right. at any given time. Because when something is done, the last thing I need to be doing is pressuring somebody else to do their job because it makes them start regretting the calls and makes them regret right. all that. So you have to be able to walk away. And the way you do that is by keeping yourself busy. But if you want to make a film in this day and age with technology the way it is, mm-hmm. and you could shoot a dang movie on an iPhone. Right. And if you think you can put some things together and go make it, mm-hmm. make sure it's fantastic and go make it happen. Do mm-hmm. it. You're doing the right thing by making your projects. Mm-hmm. You are doing the right thing by by demanding, and not of other people, but demanding of yourself that you do as much as you can to make your right. make your ship float. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go and make it happen and, and set sail. Set sail yourself. You don't need to wait for permission from somebody else to be a success in this business. Mm-hmm. That's what the internet has taught us. That's mm-hmm. what all these streaming services are giving us. Mm-hmm. Go out and make your film if you can. Make it budget friendly so that you can go out and do it and make it happen. And then if it's a bigger thing, then you're going to have to wait for people to do their job. Right. But if, if that's not, if you can put pieces together to help it get made, 
don't sit back and do nothing. Just make sure the pieces you put together actually do help the project get made and that they don't wind up being a business hindrance because you could have gotten somebody with a bigger name to do that if that's possible. Okay, so piggybacking off of that, what's your opinion on... I had this little dilemma where, of course, soon as one company wants it, then other companies want it. Bigger right. companies. Right. At the same time. Yep. And I was like, hmm, I didn't tell you about that. It's I'll always an easy answer for me. What's How that? much are you paying me for it? Well, they, this is part they, of my they, they all my want, dilemma. They all want to shop it for free. Right. Here's my dilemma for you. You say, well, I would love for you to do it. You go right ahead. I'll tell them you can go ahead and do it. But just so you know, it's not exclusive until mm-hmm. we have an agreement. Right. In writing with money. Here's my dilemma. Because I can't, because the WGA protects me, by the right. way. You can't give somebody the rights to your material, you know, all that stuff. If you're a WGA member, you they have to pay you for your work right. if they want to own it and they want to do something with it. Cool. The whole idea is, is that our work has value and it deserves compensation. Right. And if they're not going to give you compensation, then you don't have to give them exclusivity. Correct. Now, but here's my dilemma in, in where I'm going with this. So you start this relationship with the said company that you really, really like. Mm-hmm. They hear your vision, et cetera, et cetera. And then as soon as the word gets out that that company's interested, other companies start going, wait, 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 wait. So we were, well, I know you haven't heard from us in six months, but we're interested too. But there's no passion like the other one. That's and they great, want to do I'm it for with- more. I'm on the line of, I still would rather do with the people. Then that's what you do. If you feel comfortable, I go, look, I'm really comfortable with these people. You guys disappeared on me, right. and you didn't pay me. Right. And I have all respect in the world for you, but these people are diving in whole hog, right. and they're all over this. Yeah. And I would rather make it for less and make it right with people who are as excited about it as they are yeah. than by somebody who wants to throw it on their slate now that there's other people right. interested. And we right. have to be honest with each other. I have a million other projects I'd love to talk to you about, but this one right now is spoken for. Right. You can say that to them. Yeah. You can't okay. be afraid. You know, I... One of the things you can't be afraid afraid to do as a writer is to say no. It actually makes you in more. People think, oh well, when you say no to people, you're making enemies in this town. Right. They actually, it's the exact opposite. I believe that. I, when you say no to people, you're earning respect in this town, mm-hmm. and you're saying, and they're realizing, oh, this guy isn't. You know what? I have to show this guy props if I'm going to get his work. Right. And if you don't demand it, they're never going to give it. Right. Yeah, saying no is a very, very important lesson that everybody has to be constantly good at Mm -hmm. because you say yes to things that you should never do money's there people could be cool Mm -hmm. could be cool (laughs) in quotes I don't want to say yeah (laughs) I said they are cool because you don't know that yet you don't know that um you know, it might be that relationship could be cool, but you always got to say, you know, what do I want from this mm-hmm. before you decide yes or no? And I think that in your situation, if the current company is super passionate, everyone is in it, and and it, and it feels like the frequency that you're both on mm-hmm. is what you want for this project, then it doesn't matter what the other people come to you to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and like you're saying, Michael, if they're not giving you any money, you can walk if you're not giving me any money. Right. I mean, you really can. And it's if you disappeared on me for a month, <laughs> you can really walk right. in the rain right. at that point. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it, 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 I, like, I hate people who do not. If they don't give, put up money, they really don't care. They, yeah. Right. They don't, don't care they don't. if they don't give it any value. Yeah. They're not going to get it done. And I mean, like I like people who don't respond mm-hmm. on an email. Mm-hmm. It's the worst, and it's the rudest, and it's like it's unnecessary. You can always say I'm busy. I get back to you. Right. Sorry, I can't do this right now. I'm interested, but I can't. And and, and 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 you know what? And, and legitimately, mm-hmm. I might really want to do your project or do whatever the hell you want me to do, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But at the moment. When you're getting to me, maybe these two weeks, I can't do shit for anybody. Right, right. And I got to tell you that. So just say that. And I think to me, like, I respect anybody more who just tells me mm-hmm. I'm busy. And I don't care what the busy is. Like, my mom's in town. Right. I know how important it is to see people's parents. Mm-hmm. Parents can be dead the next day. I mean, all that. Some people don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't hear no excuse. The movies is all you should, like, uh, you know. Somebody, I met people who are like that. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, dude, the movie, it, there'll be another project. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not gonna be another mom. Another mother. There's not gonna be another mom. Yeah, exactly. So, I, but just let people know. And I yeah. think that if you don't let people know, that's the sign of the. To me, the respect, the respect, on what you want. You know. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of the coin, there are some times when you do want to develop something with somebody who is not paying you because they're going to help you put together the project and they give you some right. panache, they give you some name, they give you some clout, and that's okay too. But you've got to make sure it's what you want and what you think is best for the project. And, you know, to make sure that they're right, you've got to assess out what they want to do with the project. Somebody can say, I want the project. You ask the question, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. What's your plan? I go, I'm interested in hearing more about this. Tell me, as you, as you put a plan together, let's talk more about it and get back to me. Mm-hmm. Make them work for it. If they're not going to pay you, make them work for it. Make mm-hmm. them show you what their plan is. Mm-hmm. Make them paint a picture and make them do work. Because if they're not going to invest money in you, they better, uh, they better invest some time. Otherwise, because if they're not going to invest their time in putting together a vision on what they think it could be for you, they're not going to invest time at all. Mm-hmm. They really aren't invested. People collect projects like they have stacks of paper of old homework <laughs> left from college in boxes in their frickin' garages. Right. They just want to be able to say, I have this project with this guy and this project mm-hmm. with this guy, and they don't do a damn thing about it. you got to make sure that they're doing something about it. Otherwise, it's not worth your time or your money to let them do anything with it. Right. Don't like let that. them use you. Use them. Use each other. It's mutually beneficial. Make sure you both are bringing work to the table. Right. You brought the work. You wrote the script. You already did it. Mm-hmm. If it's a spec script and they're interested, but they haven't done anything, then great. Tell me what you're going to do with it, and and let them and stare and wait and stare <laughs> and let them have to come up with some freaking answers. Right. Because if they don't have a plan, I'm like. Well, you know, we have some thoughts, you know, maybe go to these people. I go, that's great. Tell me when you got more of a firm plan and who you're going out to. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not committing to you. Right. I didn't say I've committed to you. Mm-hmm. I'm letting, I've done my work for free because I wrote this thing because of my passion and love mm-hmm. of the project went before you were involved. Yeah. Now, if you want to be involved in the project, now it's time for you to do your job, to earn your place on the project. Mm-hmm. Got to hold people accountable to do the job. But other people like to... Everybody wants to jump on a train that's already leaving the station. So you got to allow people to think that your train is leaving the station with or without them. And then to get on the train, they got to do something. Something, something. That's what's up. On that note, that's a good one. Thank you. My Thanks, pleasure. Michael. Where can people find you at? Where did, where, where's your website and all that stuff? And what's your www.michaeltabwga.com. Uh, so that's M I C H A E L T A B B. WGA.com. That's my website. You can look up my bio and all that stuff there. For any producers out there, my agent's information is on the page. And you can directly contact me at the bottom of the page as well. Right. You would about Twitter? Twitter. I'm just Michael Tab on Twitter. M I C H A E L T A B B. What about you, Chris? I'm on Twitter. It's at uh, unauthorized CBD. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is on Instagram. And my website is shadowboxercinema.net. You writing anything on there? Comic thing. Right, right, I right. was trying to do this something about, about, uh, about Baby Driver. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I saw, because I didn't see it at the Writers Guild, I saw the DGA, mm-hmm. and Chris Nolan came out to do the Q&A, oh, really? which I thought was really wild. Hmm. You know, kind of unprecedented. I was like, why, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, the um, person could write. <laughs> well, no, 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 he was there, but, you know, oh. but, I mean, I mean, you know, but, but the person, the, but the moderator, he was, he was, he was, the, was moderator. the moderator. Chris Nolan was the not wow. moderator. Hmm. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Then I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and he was like, oh, he had the WGA screening. Uh, Scott Alexander came out. Oh, really? And he did the Q&A, mm-hmm. and, Scott, and he was saying, yeah, Scott said there's two screenplays that you got to read and know if you want to know how to write. Hmm. He's like, and he was like, the first one is Chinatown. Right. Second one is Hard Times. Hard Times? I had never heard of this movie. What is it? It's this Walter Hill movie from... Oh, with, Walter Hill. Okay, Walter with, Hill. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, this Walter Hill movie, and, 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 and he gave, and Scott gave Edgar a copy of the Hard Rhymes script, like the, oh, really? the Hard Times script, and he was like, because Walter Hill has this style... Totally. 
that is so unique, mm-hmm. but it's so important for like the white space. And right. and and he was just talking, and he and I was like, and I was like, I never heard of hard times. <laughs> you? Yeah, I, it's, it's, this, it's this. It's this. It's this uh, <laughs> that should be illegal. I looked it up, and I was like, it's this Charles Bronson movie <laughs> about boxer con men from the seventies, and it's, hmm. it reminds me of the movie Digstown. But I guess 15 years earlier. I mean, I mean I'm trying to find the movie. Okay. I, I mean, I want to read the script too, yeah. but I was kind of mad that I didn't see that Q&A. So, um, I mean, it's interesting. The, the thing with Michael, Chris Nolan was fascinating. He was saying stuff about like, you know, like that, you know, the, the movie was written to the music. Mm-hmm. Like literally, oh, yeah. like, like literally he would say, okay, if the song is three minutes, mm-hmm. the, the, the script is three minutes. You know, like the page. I mean, he was like this three pages long. Yeah. Like he was really making it work that way. He was yeah. really fascinating. He didn't shoot any coverage, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like everything was kind of just like storyboarded out, like really vastly storyboarded mm-hmm. out. Because he's like, I can't shoot coverage because it's got to fit the length of the songs. Right. It was just really interesting to hear him talk about that. So interesting. That's what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> yeah Exactly uh, <laughs> Any questions ScreenwritersRantRoom At gmail.com um, Please go on iTunes Give us a five star review We need that for the metrics And shit like that Shout out to all the countries Who are following us We appreciate you We love you um, What else I was going to say something Anyway Shout out to Lisa We miss you Bring your ass back um, What else What else What else That's about it Yeah I'm good with that um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate having you again. It's an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. We had fun. Chris, good Thank to see you. you, my man. Good to see you, too. That's what's up. That's what's up. So um, you know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? 2017. 2017. Oh, you hear Michael? Like he could. Ma- Michael, jump in. <laughs> Peace, y'all. I'm say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you want to be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.